Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from farm family coach Elaine Frace. Also, we'll talk about frost impacts on canola and soybeans. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Farmers will be out checking their crops for frost damage over the next few days. Temperatures dipped below zero in many parts of the province last night. I chatted with Manitoba Agriculture Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang earlier this morning. I had a quick look at our Manitoba Ag website this morning and the temperatures varied anywhere from, you know, uh, plus two to minus three, minus four all around the province. Uh, we're waiting to get, we'll get a, a map uh, sent out probably later this morning to see what the lows actually hit. Um, I've been talking to a few colleagues this morning with respect to uh, what they're seeing in their area, and, and uh, uh, there's definitely some frost being reported, and in some cases it's, it's harder. Um, how it will affect soybeans, well, we'll have to wait and see on that one because a lot of the soybeans right now are just just starting to poke out of the ground. So at that stage, when they're at that cotyledon uh, stage or just, you know, just pushing through, uh, it does take a little bit more frost to, uh, to really do any damage. So from a soybean standpoint, uh, I'm thinking we should be okay, but what we'll have to do is kind of uh, wait and see. And usually, you know, it's, it takes three to four days to really start to see any significant damage uh, in the uh, soybean plant. Talk a little bit about, you know, how long they should wait and, and what, where and what they should look for. Well, I guess if you are scouting uh, fields, um, you know, frost is going to be variable across the field. It's not going to be even all the way across. Uh, you want to check some low-lying areas for, for damage. Uh, you're going to see in soybeans, you're going to see droopy leaves. Um, and uh, what you really need to pay attention to, though, is whether or not the terminal growing point is, uh, is damaged or not. Uh, that main growing point is, uh, with, a, with a true leaves come out. Uh, if that's damaged, then what happens is you can get some regrowth, and uh, the regrowth happens from the axillary buds. And that regrowth usually takes four to five days. Um, one of the things I suggest to grow, that growers do is to evaluate the stand that they have up, do some stand counts to see what they have, like what good beans are, are, are there. And um, um, you want to be targeting like an ideal plant stand is between 140 and 160,000 plants per acre. So if you're in that range of good, healthy plants, you're good. Um, when you start dropping below 100,000, get down to around 80,000 plants, uh, then that's where it becomes a, a concern um, with soybeans because then your plant stands are getting uh, quite low. 80,000 is still okay. Anything less than 80,000, then you may want to consider reseeding. Other pulse crops, um, any concerns there? Um, with field peas, um, that's the only other crop right now uh, that would be really up. Uh, the dry beans are just in the process of getting planted, so everything's in the, in the, in the ground there. Um, but with field peas, uh, they're a lot more resilient uh, when it comes to regrowth than what uh, soybeans are, and they can take a lot lower frost. You might see some damage uh, to the upper portions of, of the plant, but because of their scale nodes, they have a great ability to, to recover. Um, so there, I w- I'm not as concerned there because uh, typically with uh, good growing conditions, they grow out of it and uh, things are all good there. So That was Manitoba Agriculture Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang talking about the impact of frost on soybeans and other crops. 
A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Farmers need to be patient when assessing frost damage. Temperatures dipped below zero in many parts of the province last night. Justine Cornelson is with the Canola Council of Canada. We've got to wait. Um, with canola, you want to be assessing the growing point or the growth point, uh, which is located between the cotyledons. If you've got that starting to shoot up green or shooting up that new uh, first leaf, uh, that plant's going to survive and be just okay. Um, they still will look really bad. Uh, canola symptoms for frost, you'll get that wilting, you'll get really uh, soggy leaf tissue, uh, browning or even whitening of the plant. You've got to wait. Uh, frost assessments you have to be very patient for. Um, they, they do take time to really show which plants are going to survive and pull through. She says reseeding canola should be a last resort as seeding into June will decrease yield significantly. Protein Industries Canada has announced a co-investment into a project that will use some of Canada's most widely grown crops in the development of new plant-based foods and ingredients. Merit Functional Foods, TWC Nutrition, Daya Foods and Grand River Foods are partnering to utilize Merit Functional Foods pea canola and blended pea canola protein ingredients in new plant-based products. This could include alternative meat products, dairy products and other beverages. Protein Industries Canada is providing half of the investment into the $7.9 million project. And Manitoba will become the second Canadian jurisdiction with a provincially regulated agricultural plastics stewardship program. Kim Timmer is Manager of Stakeholder Relations with Clean Farms. It means that farmers now have access to a reliable program um, that they can count on year over year to recycle grain bags and twine. Um, And then here at Clean Farms, it really gives us the the green light to make long-term preparations for this program. Um, So we'll be busy over the next few months as we transition pilot collection sites into permanent partners. We work with industries and stewards um, who now have responsibilities for this program. We put in place an environmental handling fee to finance the program. Manitoba producers will be able to drop off used grain bags and plastic bale or twine at designated collection sites throughout the province without paying user fees at the points of collection. Clean Farms will arrange for pickup, transportation and recycling of these materials from the collection sites. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, May 27th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll chat with Farm Family Coach Elaine Fraze. Farm Family Coach Elaine Fraze has released a new book. We chatted earlier this week. I've been writing for uh, Grain News for 26 years, Corey. So 19 columns a year and over a few years they compile into another um, another book. So I... Four of my books are based on my writing in Grain News and my book, Farming's In-Law Factor. I wrote with Dr. Megan McKenzie, and that was one that we researched independently and did a bibliography and index for as well. So that was the one that was created from scratch. Just talk a little bit about the the focus of uh, the book um, this time around. Well, I've entitled it Farm Family Coach Insights. I've been coaching farm families and working with farm families for over 30 years, and been a certified coach since 2003. So the, the book is uh, intended to give practical tools to farm families to help them uh, have better relationships, better communication, and uh, insights into conflict and reducing tensions around their teams and operations and their transition planning. So there's lots of um, different perspectives. I, um, I think my my goal through the writing that I do is to help farm families find harmony through understanding each other better. So, so 
some of the titles are things like um, How to Help Farming Fathers Be Really Happy, um, What Really Matters After 40 Years, How to Have Clear and Concise Communication, um, Why Farmers Hate Carrots, Letting Go of the Proverbial Carrots, Eight Ways to Move More Towards Your Succession Plan, um, Finishing Well, Shades of Control, Which One is Blocking Your Farm Transition. So quite often I, I use the metaphor of discuss the undiscussable, so I'm willing to talk about things that everybody knows that they need to talk about. They just haven't got there yet. What are some of the some of the things you've learned or some of the key messages that uh, that you try to pass along to people? Well, one of them is is that conflict is not a bad thing, Corey. I think a lot of people are invo- avoiding putting plans into place or having family discussions because they just don't know how to navigate the emotion and the tension. So one of my core messages is that is that conflict resolution is a business risk management strategy. It's something that can be navigated. And if you can't do it on your own, you can hire a facilitator to help you do that and, and really clarify expectations and get certainty of timelines and agreements and then and be committed to action. The other thing is, is a lot of people aren't doing what they know they should be doing. And one of them is to have a will and a power of attorney and to get some of your basic documents in place that will not leave your family in chaos if something um, tragic happens. And I think, you know, we're in this season right now of the great pause, and I'm still getting emails at the end of May, you know, I need a coach. And I think people are starting to realize that they can't uh, do-it-yourself plan their uh, transfer of management or labor or ownership to the next generation, and they really do need to reach out and and build a good team of advisors. And, you know, even though we have to stay pretty close to our farms, there's no reason why you can't work with anybody through your computer over Zoom. And I'm working with farm families all across Canada and the U.S. that way. And lawyer friends of mine are are telling me now you can even get your will done over over Zoom and, and get it digitally witnessed. So there's really no excuse except the desire that you have to create harmony for your family and to create understanding. So, you know, the other thing is fairness. Um, I, you know, the people in Southern Manitoba are watching land prices go up and up and up. And I had a farmer that I was working with this week in Alberta and the quarter next door to him is now worth a million dollars. And there's no way he can afford to buy that for his son and her and his family. And so we need to start getting creative about what, means to help everyone in the family be successful and talk about what is workable and what's not. And those are hard conversations to have unless you are really good at facilitating them. When it comes to, you know, the, just the number of farms that are being um, transitioned, um, do you find that that number is, is um, increasing um, nowadays or, or sort of what's your take on that? Well, there, it, it's either going to happen by design, Corey, or by default. And so, you know, we've had a tragedy in our community here of a young farmer passing away on, on May the 7th. And it's, it's again, a reminder that life can be brief. And I don't want to focus on, on tragic stories, and I don't want that to be the motivator for farm families getting this done. But a farm is either going to transfer by design or by death um, that is not designed maybe the way that you intended things to be transferred. So everybody gets to choose whether or not they're going to be intentional about getting their affairs in order and having conversations 
or whether they're just going to let things drift by. And what I find from the younger generations, from the millennial farmers and the young farmers, is that um, they have options. They don't have to work for dad if dad's not going to come to the table and, and get agreements signed. There's lots of good agricultural jobs with good paychecks and trucks and laptops and cell phone plans where they can go and do something else rather than sit and wait and wait and wait with um, a, a high degree of uncertainty, which is what we call the neutral zone, that creates huge stress and anxiety for everybody. Just get it done, is what I'd like to tell the audience, is, is quit procrastinating. And the time is now, because you look, you know, people are, are finishing up planting right now. June's going to be uh, spraying season, and July is going to be putting on fungicide, and then August is going to be harvest, and September is going to be soybeans and October is going to be corn and, and there's a potato that needs to be harvested in September and then uh, Christmas is going to come and you say oh we'll do it after we've had a break in the winter then calving is going to come and then Easter is going to show up and then before you know it you're back at planting and seeding season again and a whole farm year can go by and, and you'll say we'll do it after this we'll do it after this and that's just classic procrastination. That was Farm Family Coach Elaine Fraze. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. 4-H Manitoba is having a video contest on now until the end of the month. The contest gives Manitoba members and clubs a chance to showcase what they're doing this year. Visit the 4-H Manitoba website to register or for more details. And Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, canola is another crop susceptible to frost. I chatted with agronomy specialist Justine Cornelson earlier this morning. Frost just happened, and with any sort of frost assessment, you've got to wait a few days to really determine the extent of damage. Um, with canola, if, you know, some of the areas received kind of a, a lighter frost, and, and canola can withstand you know, that kind of zero to minus two degrees Celsius range. Uh, when we get into the harder frost, that's where you're likely to see um, some plants die off. Uh, but like I said, we, we've got to wait. Um, with canola, you want to be assessing the growing point or the growth point, uh, which is located between the cotyledons. If you've got that starting to shoot up green or shooting up that new uh, first leaf, uh, that plant's going to survive and be just okay. Um, they still will look really bad. Uh, canola symptoms for frost, you'll get that wilting, you'll get really uh, soggy leaf tissue, uh, browning or even whitening of the plants. Um, so that's just kind of what to be looking for. But like I said, you've got to wait. Uh, frost assessments you have to be very patient for. Um, they, they do take time to really show which plants are going to survive and pull through. So I, you know what, I think we've got frost in the forecast again tonight. Um, so we're best to make some of those decisions, you know, two or three days later um, and to see which plants actually survived. What stage was um, most of the crop at now? You know what, uh, with the rains that we got last week, I think that was helping, or did help to germinate um, a, a bunch of our canola acres that were kind of sitting there in dry soil. So thanks to a lot of those with the cool conditions we've had, we're just sitting ready to pop out. Um, that being said, we do have some, some pl- uh, fields that were, you know, uh, well emerged, uh, you know, starting into that kind of one to two leaf range. Uh, those were kind of an anomaly. There's not many of those acres out there. Um, so, so I'm hoping a bulk of them are still kind of in the ground waiting to come up. Um, but yeah, we, we will be seeing some damage and 
when we're looking for damage in the field, it's really going to be variable just on the, the topography of the field, um, looking at those you know, high and low regions, also based on residue cover, so high and low residue areas. Um, so when out making assessments, make sure to kind of check that variation because uh, the frost is going to have a different effect in those different uh, areas across the field. Any um, advice for farmers who, who may have to reseed going forward here? You know, like I said, be very patient um, on, on making the, that decision. Uh, wait a few days. Um, if you do have to reseed, um, right, you're, you're working with no plants, um, canola with it. Um, if, if you can even hit one, two plants per square foot, you're going to have an okay crop. Yes, it's going to be a lot to manage throughout the rest of the season, right? You've got to be very on time with other, um, you know, applications. And if we've got something like flea beetles move in, right, we've got to be cautious and, and on the ball there. Um, but really, um, you know what, when you look at all the yield work, you're better off to leave the crop that's there if, if you are able to achieve that one plant per square foot. When we start to seed, you know, into June, we already take a huge yield penalty um, just based on, on getting that crop in so late. Um, and then you've got to worry about frost on the other end. So, like I said, go in there, check for, for uniformity, see if you can achieve at least one plant per square foot out there. Um, if that's the case, don't go and reseed. Um, that crop will, will make out just fine in the end. That was Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada talking about the impacts of frost on the canola crop. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Farmers will be out checking their crops for frost damage over the next few days. Temperatures dip below zero in many parts of the province last night. Dennis Lang is a pulse specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. Definitely some frost being reported and in some cases it's, it's harder. How it will affect soybeans, well, we'll have to wait and see on that one because a lot of the soybeans right now are just, just starting to poke out of the ground. So at that stage, when they're at that cotyledon uh, stage or just, you know, just pushing through, it does take a little bit more frost to, uh, to really do any damage. For, from a soybean standpoint, thinking we should be okay, but what we'll have to do is kind of uh, wait and see. And usually, you know, it's, it takes three to four days to really start to see any significant damage in the uh, soybean plant. Lang says field peas are a lot more resilient than soybeans and can take a lot lower frost. He notes edible beans are still in the ground. The Canola Council of Canada has launched a brand new crowd-sourced survey that can be accessed through canolacalculator.ca or canolacounts.ca. The survey is designed to help map canola plant densities and emergence percentages. Autumn Barnes, agronomy specialist at the Canola Council of Canada, explains how it works. What growers would be doing is going out into the field. When you're out there, count plants, get an average plant density for the field, and then you can open up canolacounts.ca. You can auto-locate yourself, enter your plant density information. It'll calculate your emergence for you. Barnes says that most canola fields still average 50 to 60 percent emergence, which can mean that for every 10 seeds planted, four or five will fail to contribute to yield. Research shows that stands of five or six plants per square foot yield about five bushels per acre more than stands that average two to three plants per square foot. And Manitoba farmers will soon have access to a permanent agricultural plastics recycling program. Kim Timmer is manager of stakeholder relations with Clean Farms. She explains how the program is funded. The program is actually funded through an environmental handling fee. And this approach is used for a number of recycling programs, whether it's electronics, whether it's tires or oil. So there will be a cost um, at the point of purchase. 
Um, the environmental handling fee is estimated at $0.25 cents per kilogram for grain bags and $0.33 cents for twine. As a result, there will be no user fees for farmers at the points of collection. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on edible bean seeding. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.